Business for Business Value podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition their business on their terms. Our mission was born from the lessons we've learned from over 100 business transactions, which fuels our desire to share our experiences and wisdom so you can succeed. Now, here's your host, CEO of Mastery Partners, Tom Bronson. Hi, this is Tom Bronson, and welcome to Maximize Business Value, a podcast for business owners who are passionate about building long-term sustainable value in their businesses. In this episode, I'd like to welcome our guest, Rich Cavanis, a business owner and author of The Gratitude Effect, Shift Your Mindset, optimize your outcomes, and boost emotional well-being. I've known Rich for a few years, and in that time, he's become my business partner, my book writing coach, and more importantly, my good friend who I am truly grateful for. Uh, in As this podcast is being released on Thanksgiving week, I need to tell you that I had originally planned to do a solo podcast about being thankful in your business. Thankfully for you, our viewers and listeners, I have saved you from my monologue because this is also the perfect week to talk about gratitude and how gratitude can truly impact the value of your business. Our power quote for this podcast is right from Rich. Gratitude is the catalyst that fuels a positive mental attitude. And with that, I am so happy to welcome to Maximize Business Value, Rich Cavanis. Welcome, Rich. Tom, I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Again, honored and humbled to be here uh, with my good friend. And uh, I'm excited to have a great conversation about gratitude, which is a very a topic that's close to my heart, obviously. Awesome. Awesome. Well, because this podcast is for business owners, let's start by telling us a little bit about your, and you are a business owner. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your businesses. Well, the last 10 years, I have been um, uh, pretty involved with a general contracting company here locally, ProBuilders USA, been a partner with them and uh, help, helping them a lot with the marketing and just customer service, dealing with insurance, and those kind of things. And so that's been very exciting and We've seen a lot of growth uh, in our in, in our in our company there, and then um, I uh, also have a coaching and a company. Uh, obviously, richcavanis.com is where you could go to learn more about that. But uh, I am a Napoleon Hill certified instructor um, and teacher, as well as um, a master certified coach practitioner with the Certified Coaches Federation. So I love coaching. I love helping people improve their lives, and then uh, as an author and also, just recently purchased a uh, acquired a insurance agency here in Dallas as well. So, um, I like to have I like to be busy, and I like to have my hands in in a lot of things. Tom, as you know. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, because I know you so well, you're you have a wide variety in your background as well as the businesses that you have today. So, tell us a little bit about your background. So, I'm probably one of the few people you'll ever meet, Tom, that actually has a degree in ski instruction coaching. And so I was a professional skier uh, for years uh, in the Pacific Northwest and uh, enjoyed that immensely. Uh, It's kind of difficult to make money at it. So, uh, you know, you can be, you know, when people always say, you know, do find your passion and then do that for your work, ah, that doesn't always work out. And uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyway, in that case, it didn't. But I'm still very passionate and obsessed, actually, with skiing. I love skiing, and I try to get, get to skiing uh, at least a couple times every year. Um, and then uh, I was actually, I had, uh, this is my second time that I've owned an insurance agency. I owned one for a decade in the 1990s uh, in uh, Wenatchee, Washington, which is a beautiful place on the face of the earth. And then um, I was had a, got a calling into ministry and I was a senior pastor for uh, a number of years. And then I teamed up with a gentleman and we uh, had a uh, Bible-based personal development company uh, that I partnered with him on called All Power. And then uh, from there, I've been in here in Dallas and uh, just kind of going going from there. So got got a pretty diverse background. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. And, and I'm with you. If I could figure out how to make a living on the ski slopes, I would do that. <laughs> yes. Or, or as a golfer, you know, professional golfers make a lot of money. Unfortunately, they tend to score way better than I do. So uh, so that's not an option for me yeah. either. So <laughs> Great advice. So let's dive into gratitude. Why and how did the gratitude effect come into existence? Well, it actually came out of a near-death experience, Tom. And uh, so November 17th, uh, 2011, I had been just married to my beautiful bride for a couple weeks. And um, I was doing a uh, inspection, um, a roof inspection, actually, for uh, the pastor that actually married us. Um, we had, uh, that was the same year. I don't know if you remember this, the Texas Rangers were on the world series and, uh, we had that huge storm that came through. It shut off the lights. And you remember that, how crazy it was? Well, absolutely. Garland, in Garland, Texas, they had a very large hailstorm. So I was doing some roof inspections and, uh, I pulled up in front of the house and, uh, two story roof, no big deal. Got my ladder out, did my thing. And this was one of those two story roofs where it, it had a, kind of a front porch, first story, and then you put the ladder up to the second story and got up that way. Well, <clears throat> not sure exactly what happened, but it, obviously I have to accept responsibility. I probably wasn't as safe as I should have been. I got up there, did my inspection, and when I was coming down, I got two rungs down, so I was about 18 feet, and the ladders went, went from underneath me. I came crashing down onto that first story. Thank the Lord for that. But I hit that and then I bounced off onto the ground. So uh, I fractured my right ankle. I severely compound fracture of my right arm. Um, have had a something wrong with my head. It was weird. I was had vertigo for about 60 days and I had to go to a, a doctor to get that fixed. And then my lower back was really messed up. I ended up having a um, a disc issue, which last year I got that taken care of, but uh, it's been a long process. But so I was out of commission for a while, as you can imagine, had some injuries, surgeries, that kind of thing. And while I was recovering, I, I just really started to kind of reassess. It's kind of like what a lot of people are doing with the pandemic, Tom. They're they're doing like a like a reassessment of their life. Kind of a lot of people are doing career resets right now, kind of going into different careers and stuff. And I was doing the same thing. I was just kind of thinking about my life, what I really wanted to do and that type of thing. And, you know, how I've lived my life. And what I realized was that I, I wasn't very grateful. And what's interesting is that when I was in the emergency room, um, the doctor came in and he said to me, uh, as all by myself, doctor came in and he said, I don't know 
who you are or what you're about, but all I can tell you is that 80% of the people who fall from the height that you did are either dead, have a massive uh, brain or head injury, or are permanently disabled, and you're none of those three. And they turned around and walked out. And it was at that moment, yeah, it was at that moment that I felt this overwhelming sense like I've never felt before of gratitude. I realized that, you know, I had been given a second chance. I was alive. Um, I, you know, things could be a whole lot worse. And so that really kind of started me on this journey of really understanding. Um, I studied, I, I studied a lot of different um, authors, studied the Bible, and it just was really interesting how when you study, you really understand that, you know, gratitude is a really key component in really living a healthy life um, and also with a positive mindset. And so it got me going. And so basically from that time, I just started doing some research, started just really diving into the topic. And because of that, I came up with a book called The Gratitude Effect. And uh, so uh, it's been a long journey, but the, the blessing of it all is that, you know, tens of thousands of people literally have had the ability to read the book, listen to the book, download the book, however they're doing it. But it has really made a very positive impact in our, the community and around the world. So it's been it's been it's far exceeded what I ever thought that it would originally do. So 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 this might be an odd thing to say to that, Rich, but. I am grateful that you did fall off of that roof. Yeah. Because if you, hadn't, if you hadn't, we wouldn't have this wonderful yeah. book. So, yeah. And you and I probably wouldn't even be talking today. I mean, it's, exactly right. you know, you know, it's kind of like you start the course of, you know, you turn a whole different chapter in your life and then you start going down another path and that puts other people, other situations, circumstances. And so, you know, yeah, absolutely, Tom. Yeah, we are a product of, of everything that we've been through, right? Absolutely. Uh, so yep. so it, it was, you really kind of changed that, turned your whole attitude around and you created yep. a an attitude of gratitude. And so, yep. so what are some of the benefits of having an attitude of gratitude? Well, I would say, uh, you know, in the book, I, I list 12. I'll just give you some kind of high level stuff. But, you know, having an attitude of gratitude really helps you become more optimistic. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, I remember when the, uh, uh, Seattle Seahawks, which I'm a Seattle Seahawk fan, so don't, don't brutalize me if you live in Dallas, but, um, yeah, although this year that you probably won't, wouldn't say too much about that, but, <laughs> uh, when the Seahawks played uh, the Cowboys a couple years ago in the first round of the playoffs, uh, and then they lost, uh, you know, people were like, oh man, I feel so bad for your team. And I said, look, I'm grateful. Nobody even expected them to make the playoffs. So I was just so happy that they even were there. Um, so that was a way to change the way that you look at things. You know, you can look at it half empty, half full. It's just your perspective. And so, you know, I, I try really hard to choose to be grateful. And uh, it does help you to be very much more optimistic. It all also helps you. Um, one of the, the benefits, I believe, is it helps to minimize, which we all have a challenge because we're human the mindset of greed and materialism. When you're grateful for what you have or where you're at, you tend to not be as uh, greedy minded or materialistic. You tend to be more content and thankful for what you have. It doesn't mean that um, you know, you're not trying to attain things or trying to grow or anything. It's just that you're not living in a you're not living a life that is constantly looking backwards or constantly thinking about what you don't have 
you're thinking about what you do have and that makes you you know really really grateful um, it helps to lessen um, self-centeredness um, i've often told people you know there's a difference between being selfish and self-centered uh, sometimes you really do need to be selfish because you have to take care of yourself right self-care is important self-centered is when you say that the whole world revolves around me it's all about me um, you know me myself and i it's 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 that form of an attitude and gratitude tends to keep self-centeredness at bay. Um, it also helps you to become a healthier person. Uh, in my book, I list a whole chapter. I have a whole chapter in there, Tom, where it talks about the powerful health, physical health benefits that have actually been studied by Dr. Robert Emmons. Um, he's done a lot of lab studies and stuff, and it's really shown that there's a lot of physical health that happens to you with your heart with your blood pressure, stress levels, those type of things. So that certainly helps there. It helps to increase your enthusiasm and your energy. Um, I know that my wife and I, every single day, uh, she's a chef. And so she gets off to work very early in the morning. We always get up early, have a devotional together, a self-affirmation. And then we always spend time uh, just giving three things or so that we're grateful for. And it's really great to start out your day just looking back over your day yesterday and the day that you have today, and just to be really, really grateful for, you know, the day that transpired, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, all of it uh, brings you to the day that you're, you're living today. Um, and then most importantly, I believe, one of the most important points is that being grateful, and I know this sounds strange, but being grateful actually helps you to be more productive and it helps you to achieve your goals. Because um, when you're grateful, you tend to look for the real positive things about the direction you're going in. Uh, my definition of success has always been, you know, as long as I make a, a improvement in my personal life today and my business grows a little bit every single day, then to me, that's a successful day. And, uh, uh, you know, if we can go to sleep that night knowing that, you know, we, we gave our best, we were productive, we did what we could to, to live the best life we could, then that's something to be grateful for. And so, you know, going to bed at night with an attitude of gratitude certainly helps with your sleep as well. So there's there's actually some really tremendous benefits uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even financially uh, that gratitude can really can can really help your life with. That's a, this is all awesome stuff. Of course, first I want to react that uh, that what do you mean it's not all about me? <laughs> <laughs> Now, Tom, I know you well That's enough. That's the only thing I'm going to take issue with in this whole podcast. <laughs> I know you well enough, to, Tom, to know that that's actually not your attitude. You're you're a very giving person, so I appreciate that. You are right because I've surrounded myself with great folks like you. You know, optimism is is uh, key to running a successful business. I think. I mean, we've all been in businesses where it's run by somebody who's very pessimistic, and you just feel it. You know, it's there. Uh, and so optimism is so key, but I also wanted to, to mention here that, uh, that, you know, Tony Robbins uh, is a big fan of gratitude as well. As you know, you and I both have read many of his books and been to his live events. Uh, I was uh, reading, in fact, I just reread his book on money mastery. Uh, and there's a, it's a, toward the end of the book, he talks about uh, having this attitude of gratitude and the fact that everybody on the planet has things in their lives or have things in their lives that they should be 
grateful for, right? It doesn't matter where you are in your walk of life. There are things that you can be grateful for. And when you focus on those things, then that really does improve that uh, optimistic uh, attitude. And so, so that is, that is uh, awesome, awesome stuff. So uh, on the other side though, what are some things that prevent us from having this attitude of gratitude, Rich? Yeah. Also, you know, I've got a chapter that talks about this too, but very quickly, um, one of the biggest things that really affects your ability to be grateful is having an attitude of complaining. Um, and, you know, oftentimes when people are complaining um, or whining about something, uh, it usually has to do with the fact that they, they know that they could do something about it. They're just not doing it. And uh, the thing is with gratitude is that if, if you have any kind of negativity going on in your life, you'll notice that it's very difficult to, to be grateful at the same time. Um, you know, this sounds very elementary, but you got positive and negative, right? If you choose to be negative, the positive isn't, isn't there. If you choose to be positive, it keeps negativity completely at bay. And so um, it's, it's really important that you operate in that positivity mindset because the negative mindset, it doesn't do anything but bring fear, scarcity, um, uh, pessimism, it, victim mentality. It brings all of these things that really don't promote business growth, uh, personal growth, any kind of spiritual growth. So complaining is a big one. Um, a sense of entitlement is really a big way that a lot of times people, if you have ever heard people who tend to kind of feel like the world owes them something, you can just sense that they're not grateful for what they have. They feel like they, they deserve more or that they should be given more. And so that that really, uh, and again, that really is a promotion of the scarcity mentality. Um, exhibiting uh, emotions like uh, anger, fear, and sadness. Uh, now, we all get sad from time to time. There's nothing wrong with that. But what happens is that if you go on a prolonged period of sadness, it completely darkens your world. Um, I've often, especially when I was in a pastoral role, you know, it's everybody goes through a grieving process and everybody's time there is different. But those that are there for prolonged periods of time, it's really difficult for them to be grateful for their life. The fact that they're alive, the fact that they've got the, their life ahead of them, things that they can do. And so uh, that that can really be a challenge. And then, of course, fear. Um, fear is a huge killer of gratitude. So if you're operating in a spirit of fear, then what you're really doing then is you're operating in a, in a base of uh, anxiety, uh, high level of stress, and that really keeps your ability to be grateful at bay as well. Um, believe it or not, um, a lot of times when you there's external distractions that can really keep you from being grateful. For example, um, if you watch a lot of the political shows on TV, um, and it makes you upset and you know, get frustrated and all that, you'll feel immediately this, this you know, anger, frustration come over you. And at that moment and during that time, there's no way you could ever be grateful. You tend to be uh, very frustrated. You tend to get very emotional um, in a negative way, and it doesn't just allow you to be just grateful. Um, one of the things I've been trying to, to let people know is that no matter what side of the aisle that you're on, we're all Americans. And the bottom line is this, we need to all be grateful that we live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. 
that we all have opportunities that are abundant in many ways, and that we live in, in, a, in a place that there's been so much blood, sweat, and tears that has been spilled for our freedom. There's, there's a lot to be grateful for, a lot. And uh, yes, we have challenges. Yes, we have issues. But when you really take a step back and look at the whole big picture, we have so much, so much to be grateful for, uh, for our country. And, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up, I hope people will really think about that, that, you know, despite the, the year that we've all had, we've all had our challenges this year for sure. But the, the, the thing is, is that we, like Tony Robbins said, there's always, you know, always something that we can be grateful for no matter what is really going on in our life, whether it's a high point in our life or a low point or in between, we can be grateful for something. And that's why you have to, I, I encourage people to actually voice it, to, to say it out loud, because it really, what it does then is it, it kicks into those uh, chemicals in your brain that gets you thinking positive again. It kind of puts that, dark. you can almost picture like a dark cloud around you. And as soon as you start to speak positivity, kind of diminishes and goes away. And that's what gratitude can do when you really just take a step back and say, you know, I have a lot to be grateful for. Well, your, your example there of kind of uh, watching uh, political or news or whatnot, that, that hits close to home for me uh, a number of years ago, many years ago, um, during a, a, another presidential election, I was getting so frustrated and angry watching the news and, and my wife literally walked over and she flipped off the television and she said, watching this stuff is destroying your attitude. I am declaring a news blackout in this house. <laughs> and, and gosh, Rich, that was, I don't know, 12 or 14 years ago. And we still have that news blackout. Now we've watched some coverage, of course. Uh, we are in the, in a uh, political season now, but but when we both of us, when we get when our emotions start to ride, we say, "Okay, that's it. We don't need to watch this anymore." Because the reality is, is it's going to impact us all. But I can choose how I'm going to live. Right? I'm going to choose how I'm going to uh, to react to that. And 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 it's so important that uh, that folks remember that. Your attitude is your choice. That was that was some uh, a solid wisdom uh, that uh, that you handed out there. Attitude is always a choice, um, uh, and if you can if you can instill that uh, in yourself and give your employees tools uh, to to choose the right attitude, it's amazing what you can do in a business. I can tell you that that uh, we've done that for years. Uh, one of my favorite books is Fish. It's about the fish market up in Seattle. I know you're familiar with that at Pike Place. But one of the things they say is choose your attitude, right? And so so uh, it's so important to choose a right attitude. And the last thing I want to add on that is when my kids were in elementary school, we've been fortunate enough to grow up basically in the same house. So all of my children went through the same elementary school. And we had an amazing principal at that elementary school, Mrs. White. And every day when she came on to the announcements for these, now remember this is kindergarten through fourth grade, uh, elementary school. Every day she would end her announcements with, make it a great day or not, the choice is yours. <laughs> and I thought, what great wisdom that she's instilling every day, the same message uh, to these kids. And so I, I am grateful that my kids, I got to grow up in, in that environment. So, so. 
as we've talked around this, is there a difference between being grateful for and grateful in? Yeah, you know, that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, being grateful for would be things like I'm grateful for the fact that, you know, I have a, a, a computer set up right now and technology so that, you know, you and I can be doing this together, um, that, you know, we've got the home that we have, the cars that we have and that type of thing. Being grateful in is a little different because, uh, and I'll go back to my accident. So it took me, it took me a few days, but it took me a little bit to kind of change my attitude because boy, let me tell you, I got to thinking about maybe I wouldn't be able to ski again. It changed my whole um, physicality. I mean, I couldn't run, I couldn't, there were so many things I couldn't do anymore. And uh, so I, I did get, you know, I have to tell you, I, I struggled with my attitude. But when I really realized and came to that kind of conclusion of, wow, I, I need to stop this and just be grateful, it was amazing. It helped my healing. It helped just everything just went so much better and I improved significantly faster. So you have to be grateful in because if you take the life principle of that everything works together and, you know, we make choices, we make decisions. Sometimes it takes us down a wrong path, takes down a right path. Sometimes it just keeps us where we're at, whatever it is. But you have to be grateful for where you're at right now. And being grateful in means taking your present and being able to say, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't the best time in my life. Maybe I've had a number of family and friends affected by COVID. Um, you know, maybe I'm, my work, I'm out of work. Um, or I've been limited at work or I might lose my business, whatever it may be, or my revenue is down significantly. The thing is, is that you have to look for what it is that you can be grateful for. Number one, if you still have your business, be grateful for that because there's a lot of people that aren't working today. Um, if you are unemployed, be grateful because maybe, just maybe, this is a good time for you to get into something that could really make a difference in your life that you never thought about. Um, I know a lot of people, especially in the 2008 and nine, when we had that huge mortgage crisis, lots of people lost their homes and lost their jobs. Some of the people that are doing very well today started a new career then, and they've been doing just building it up to this point. And so, you know, you, you have to be able to look at your circumstance and then be able to say, you know what, no matter what's going on, I have to be grateful for this because this is part of my life. This is part of my growth. This is part of my story that I'm writing in my life. Uh, it doesn't necessarily define me, but it certainly is part of my story and part of my life. So I need to be grateful for that. That's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Well, let's, let's take a quick break. We're talking with Rich Cavanis. We're going to take a quick break and back in 30 seconds. Every business will eventually transition some internally to employees and managers, and some externally to third-party buyers. Mastery Partners equips business owners to maximize business value so they can transition their businesses on their terms using our four-step process. We start with a snapshot of where your business is today. Then we help you understand where you want to be and design a custom strategy to get you there. Next, we help you execute that strategy with the assistance of our amazing resource network. And ultimately, you'll be able to transition your business on your terms. What are you waiting for? More time? More revenue? If you want to maximize your business value, it takes time. Now is that time. 
Get started today by checking us out at www.masterypartners.com or email us at info at masterypartners.com to learn more. We're back with my good friend, Rich Cavanis, business owner and author of The Gratitude Effect. And we're talking about how gratitude can truly impact your business value. You know, so much of being an entrepreneur is about having a positive mental attitude. We talked a little bit about that uh, before the break. Tell us about how being grateful affects whether you are living in abundance or a scarcity mentality, Rich. Yeah, you know, the, the biggest thing about scarcity mentality, Tom, is that oftentimes the, the basic foundation of it is that I'm, I'm not happy that you have something I don't. Um, or I'm, uh, you're successful at something. Uh, let's say, for example, I'm sitting at a light and, you know, a Porsche 911 comes up next to me. I look over there and I, I can say two, one of two things. I can say, wow, I mean, who's that, who's that guy? You know, who's he think he is? He, he probably messed over a bunch of people to get that car or whatever, right? That's a scarcity mentality. An abundance mentality would say something like, you know what? Good for you, man. I'm really excited for your success. I'm glad that you, you're able to do that. Um, and that's really people who are really have a true spirit of gratitude. They're excited for other people's success. And that's why when you have a culture of gratitude in your work, especially like in my in my agency, my insurance agency. So I've got, you know, five or six people here on my staff. They're in, involved in the sales process and it can get competitive. Right. And in a friendly way. But you also want to be very grateful. And by having that that spirit of gratitude, we all can cheer each other on and be happy for each other's success without having to be disappointed or feel jealous about what other people are doing and you're not. It allows you to have a spirit of learning. It allows you to have an open mind to just whatever else other people are doing. So it's not so much based on I, I'm you've got something that that I want or that, you know, I better make sure that I get everything I can before it's all gone. And that's really what scarcity mentality is about, whereas abundance mentality knows that, you know, there's so much opportunity out there. There's so many, I mean, it, especially in my space, I mean, there's a lot of insurance agents. I mean, let's all be honest, they're all over the place, right? But if you really have an abundance attitude and an attitude of gratitude, it's like, you know what, if I can have just that little one to 2% slice I'm going to be happy. Everybody's going to make it. My staff's going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. There's plenty for everyone. So, you know, it just, it really uh, kind of evokes a whole different culture in your business when you can have gratitude as a real foundational uh, mindset. I love that. Uh, you know, the uh, many years ago, as you know, I've got a wide background as well. And as our listeners already know, I've, I've owned uh, or bought or sold a hundred businesses in my career as the buyer or seller. Uh, and there's one story that kind of sticks out to, to me when you were talking about that. And that was, uh, gosh, this would have been probably in the late 90s in a medical distribution company. We paid our sales reps based on gross profit, and the you know you sold more, you made you made more money, right? And so, uh, I remember that the largest one month commission check I ever wrote dropped right before our national conference. We had five thousand people at our national uh, conference, where we had vendors and all of our salespeople and operations and 
general managers, you know, uh, at one location. And I was able to present this one month largest check, largest commission check I had ever written to the recipient live on the stage in front of 5,000 people. Uh, and, and by the way, it was no small check. It was $305,000. $305,000 for one month. It was the largest check the company had ever written. And so I wanted to call him up and tell him. There were two kinds of people that approached him afterwards. One were the people that were like, well, you know, I can't believe that, the, you know, you blah, 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 blah. What did you do to steal that, right? And, and the other is just like your description of the guy driving the 911, right? Uh, and and the other kind of person was, man, that is so awesome. You did such a great job. Can you teach me how you did that? Because uh, I'd like to be able to do that, too. And, and, and those two different attitudes drive two different kinds of behavior, right? Uh, and so, so how can cultivating an attitude of gratitude really change the work environment? Well, one of the things that I believe, and I talk about it in the book here and the gratitude effect, Tom, is that I believe that everybody that you come in contact, every human being is what I call an emotional bank account, right? You got it written right over the, right on your forehead, emotional bank account. And so every one of your staff, every one of your employees, every one of your clients, <clears throat> customers, whatever, uh, your next door neighbors, they're all emotional bank accounts. And you are either making a deposit into them for the good, or you're making a withdrawal for the negative. And uh, you can do it by the words that you say, the attitude that you exhibit, the actions, behavior. But bottom line is, is that if you're practicing gratitude and you let people know how much you appreciate them, and you can really do this well at work. Now, I'm not talking about being fake and then doing it like every day, because then it gets to be where, oh yeah, come on, I've heard it before, right? But if you can let people know from time to time how much you appreciate them, that you're grateful for them and thankful that they're part of your team, you would be shocked that people actually want to hear that more than they want to get a pay raise. Uh, they just want to feel appreciated. As a matter of fact, if you if you do a lot of the studies, a lot of times when you look at uh, why employees are unhappy with their workplace, they feel unappreciated, right? And so by helping people to feel grateful, and letting them know, I am grateful for you, um, it really makes a big difference uh, in their performance and in their attitude. So, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, your staff is an emotional bank account and what you say and how you say it has a lot to do with their performance um, and, and, the, and their willingness to want to do whatever it takes, not only for the success of your business, but also to help them to make the best income that they can make. You know, uh, that, that brings to mind uh, another story I want to share. Uh, when, when I was running that large healthcare distribution company, and I was traveling every day. I was on a plane almost every day. I was, you know, eating well, staying in nice hotels. Uh, and, but I was with our customers and with our staff and just every day. I, my, it was too, almost to the exclusion of my family, which is a story for another day. Uh, but I remember being at our branch in Albuquerque, and we used to hold uh, what we called uh, town hall meetings every time a senior executive with our company, you know, at, at X level and above was at a branch. And you always hold an impromptu town hall meeting and you encourage people to ask questions. And the way we did that was we handed out two dollar bills for every question that was asked. 
So I always carried a lot of $2 bills in my pocket. In fact, our company was the largest consumer of $2 bills in the country. And we got that right from the Federal Reserve. All of the $2 bills that were printed in the United States were shipped right to the Federal Reserve in Jacksonville, Florida, because that's where they were all being used. Uh, but I remember one time in Albuquerque, uh, somebody asked me the question, uh, because, you know, I look like I'm, I'm high flying, I'm executive, you know, I'm well paid, I, I, I go around all over the place. Somebody said, what's the hardest thing about your job? And I stopped for a second and I thought, you know what? I don't even know the answer to that, but I'll be back in the morning. Can I think about that overnight and come back and, and give you an answer on that? And he said, sure. And so I, I did. I really thought about that. Went out to dinner with some folks and, and went back to my hotel room. And I thought about this as I was going to bed. And when I got up in the morning and it finally dawned on me, when I walked back into the branch the next morning, I went and found this. It was a warehouse uh, worker. And I said, hey, I've got the answer to your question. And he said, what is it? And I said, I have to be on my game every day. And that's the hardest thing about my job. I can't afford to have a bad day because uh, I'm here, what, twice a year? And if I'm having a bad day, I can destroy this branch's attitude for six months. If I'm having a bad day, I can destroy a relationship with a customer very quickly. So I always have to be up and on my game. And that is the hardest thing about my job. And because I spent so much time uh, being, you know, uh, introspective about that, that has really impacted the rest of my life and my businesses. It is being up and being positive. Uh, and, and I know, and by the way, I've lost my cool more than once and I'm not proud of it. Uh, but when I do, I destroy the people around me very rapidly and it takes a very long time to build up that bank account once I have taken everything out of their uh, emotional bank account, right? And so, so that is so important. You know, one of the, one of the tools that you give in your book uh, is what you call the 66-day gratitude challenge. It's uh, one of the last chapters of the book, and it's awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that for the folks who really want to build this attitude of gratitude? Well, uh, first thing is, is that, you know, one of the things I, I discovered as I was doing some of my research, because I've always heard, you know, it takes 20, 21 days to form a habit, right? Well, there's a reason why so many people uh, in January, their New Year's resolutions completely flop. And it's because uh, they this this myth has been taught that it takes 21 days. And so what happens is a lot of people feel like, well, if I messed up one day, then I've lost it and I can't, you know, I'm off my, I'm off my game. I can't do it now. And, uh, but actually what they have proven, and in the book, I, I cite the name of the actual scientist and the therapist that came up with this, but uh, it's a French person. Uh, Frenchman, and what happened was, <clears throat> is that he discovered that it takes anywhere from 66 to 200 and something days to actually form a habit, because we do go through processes where, you know, we have a good day, then we don't have maybe a best day, and then we have another good day, and then, you know, so we're kind of up and down a little bit. Every day we make a little bit of progress. It takes much longer than 21 days, and so um, I, I titled that the 66 days because that would be the minimum to actually form the habit of being grateful. And so what I've done in there is I've given you a topic, just something I've thrown out 
could be the weather, it could be, you know, whatever it is. There's a lot of things there I've listed, 66 different things. And then your your basically your assignment is just pick one of those every day for the next 66 days and then find ways to be grateful for that. And uh, I've, the response I've gotten has been very positive. People have said, you know, it's gotten me really thinking now um, uh, throughout my day about, hey, what am I really grateful for? So it's it's been very positive. You know, if you're able to carry that tool into your business and and really have a heart to heart with your folks and and everybody kind of doing that every day, it will dramatically change the outcome. Uh, which is what we're all about here, and that is uh, maximizing business value. So, of course, uh, we've already touched on this, but this episode is being recorded and released during the global pandemic of COVID-19. Rich, what advice do you have for business owners about keeping that positive attitude of gratitude alive, even during challenging times? Yeah, you know, especially like right now, Tom, you know, a lot of people are working remote. So there's a real disconnect from a human standpoint. I know Thankfully, you know, insurance has been deemed a necessary business. So thank God for that. We've still been able to have a lot of time here in the office together as a a crew with social distancing and those type of things. But um, when when you can't have your team together, it really makes it adds a different dynamic. And, uh, you know, you can't feed off of one another. You can't just go to somebody. Everything's done virtually. It's like what we're doing right now. I mean, we're on some instead of doing this in person. You know, we're doing it, you know, re, you know, virtually, which is great. It's so awesome that so many people are utilizing that tool. The problem is, though, is that you're missing that human connection. So what I would recommend for business owners in particular is make sure that you're connecting with your staff. Uh, send them, you know, a thank you card from time to time. Make sure that you're send them a nice text message. Make a phone call. Um you know, do a, a little Zoom thing with them personally. It, it's real right now. It's really about letting people know that you appreciate them because there's such a disconnect. People kind of feel like they're on their own island. And uh, I've heard a lot of people say that they're like, you know, I thought working from home would be really great, and it's okay, but it it doesn't. It's not as great as I thought it was. I really miss, you know, connecting with people. I miss. I feel like a lot of times that things happen a lot. It takes longer now for things to happen because I can't just come to your cubicle and say, hey, what about this? What about that? And then we got it. We got it done. Whereas this, you know, I've got to send you a message or I've got to do a call with you or whatever. So I would just really encourage um, uh, employers to business owners, in particular managers, um, just do do the best job, really focus on really building your people up. That emotional bank account is really important right now, especially because a lot of people, you know, have, are having depression issues. They're having just a lot of emotional issues. This whole thing has thrown their family into a, especially if they've got their kids home and they're doing school at home. That's a huge stressor because people are trying to work. People are trying to do this. I mean, there's, there's so much going on. So I would just really encourage employers and, and business owners to, to really pay attention to their people more than they ever have and really make a proactive approach to building them up. That is such such great advice and it applies now and, and always in your business. You know, uh, The Gratitude Effect is a great book and I wanna encourage everybody to go pick this up. But you know, as, as you know, Rich, I'm inspired by you for many reasons, but not the least of which of course is The Gratitude Effect, uh, and, but that it wasn't your first book. 
right? Um, I think that this was your sixth or seventh book. Tell us a little bit about the other books. Well, the very first book I ever wrote was, um, I was actually in ministry at the time, and it was right after 9-11, and the book was called Life After 9-11, Five Spiritual Lessons That We Can Learn. So that one, um, and what ended up happening with that one, it didn't do really great on sales, but what I noticed was that on, on the anniversary of 9-11, a bunch of missionaries that would go to, nine, go to New York City, they would pass out the book. So in a way, it really kind of did, it, it did something completely different than I would have ever imagined. So that was cool. Um, and then my next book after that was called Decoding the Secret. I don't know how many of you remember in like 2006, The Secret came out and that was the, the big thing on the law of attraction. Well, a lot of Christians were struggling with it because they thought it was a bunch of hocus pocus. So I did a book called Decoding the Secret, The Law of Attraction from a Biblical Perspective. And that book has done very well. And uh, I think it's helped people, helped Christians in particular to really see that the law of attraction is real. I mean, all of us are living magnets and what you send out, uh, whether it's your energy or your words or whatever, tends to come back as a, a self-fulfilling prophecy in your own life. And uh, so that, that book's done well. Um, I wrote a book called uh, Eat Five, uh, which is about, it's specifically for married couples. Uh, and it deals with the top 12 reasons that um, couples get divorced. Uh, I had a book called The Road, which was based, uh, I was a executive director with a nonprofit here locally in, in North Dallas. And um, they, I, I put a book together so we could use it as a, uh, a handout to people. And then my newest book, uh, which is going to be at the editor, Nancy Baldwin's hands. She'll have it December 1st. Um, it's called Power to Thrive. And that one is really based off of my 30-something years of just studying personal development uh, and the Bible. And it's kind of an amalgamation of those two things. And uh, I think it's my best work. I'm really excited about it. But it's really helping people to rise above mediocrity. I, I see so many people settling today instead of really pushing themselves to be the best that they were created to be. And so I'm really trying to encourage people to, to think bigger, to, to understand you know, the power that's behind them and to really understand that they literally can make choices and decisions to change their lives. So I'm pretty excited about that book. That is awesome. I really look forward to that. And I'm glad you let out the fact that uh, Nancy's going to be your editor on that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, for our listeners, uh, Rich was my coach when I wrote my uh, first book. I've just uh, almost finished my second book that's also going to Nancy. So if I want to get a sneak peek, I'm going to call Nancy and see if I can get an early edition of The Power to Thrive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I will do, Tom. I'll give you a sneak peek because I would love to get a review from you. So how about we do that? So, Absolutely. And of course, our listeners already know that I tear through probably 40 to 50 books a year. Uh, and so this, and by the way, I, although I, I talk about this frequently, this is the current stack of books that are waiting <laughs> to be read, but yours yours will go right on the top and it'll be the very next one. So, because uh, I, I would love to have an advanced copy of that. And I'm sure that we'll have you back on, a, uh, on another podcast so we can talk about that particular uh, book. I'm very excited about that. So, so one last business question. This yeah. podcast is all about maximizing business value. So Rich, uh, as a business owner and as, a, as somebody who's kind of mastered uh, an attitude of gratitude, 
What is the one most important thing you recommend business owners do to build long-term value in their business? Well, I think culture is really important. And I think you'll admit to me, uh, admit to Tom, that especially as people are looking at maybe selling or even buying a business, culture is really important. And if you're buying a business where the culture has been very negative for years and years and years, you literally have to have a fire sale on that thing to actually resurrect it. It's very difficult to resurrect a really negative culture. On the on the flip side, you can actually add a financial value to your business. Would you agree with me, Tom? Absolutely. A, a yes. Positive culture. If you've got good staff, they they're excited about their work. You've got managers that love what they do, and and th- there's just this culture of gratitude and just respect and and everything. It is unbelievable. Uh, the value that that brings to the business. So I'm real big on, you know, culture. Um, And then um, as far as staffing goes, I think it's really important to make sure that people have what we call your KPIs. And that's, you know, making sure that you, you, your key um, performance indicators, key performance indicators so that um, everybody knows exactly what they need to do. One of the biggest things I see in businesses is that, they have people floundering because they're not really crystal clear on exactly what they need to be doing and then um, compensating them off meeting those key performance indicators. So you're actually building into your culture performance-based compensation, which is really exciting because when people start to get excited about earning more income, then they don't, the base salary isn't as important as all the other income they can make from meeting their, their KPIs. And then the other thing was, I think I think I wrote down, a, this was a good question. It got me thinking too. So that's why I was glad you, I was like, wow, that's a good question. Uh, know your numbers. And this is one of the things that I've really had. Tom Bronson is probably the man when it comes to numbers. I've learned a lot from him, um, just, just partnering with him just not too long. But know your numbers. You got to know your sales numbers, your ROI, compensation. You just, you need to know everything your business is doing and you need to really make sure you're crystal clear on numbers because math is basically what business is about. I mean, you, you got to be good at math. You got to be able to understand the basic numbers. And then um, I really want to encourage business owners to uh, spend 80% of their time doing strategic thinking and, and growing their business. Um, too many business owners spend too much time in the business and uh whereas you know i really want you to be thinking about what you can be doing to taking your business to a whole nother level and uh which is really what the e-myth is all about right you know that, yes. that is really about being the master of working um in in a situation where you're you're helping your business to keep growing and expanding and and you know improving and that that's really as a as an owner that's that should be your one of your top priorities to be spending a lot of time doing that man uh, you're you've given a wow i asked for one thing and i got yeah. like five that's awesome I got, I got excited sorry and i love all of them and and you're right culture does drive value uh that's one of the intangibles that we talk about when we work with our clients about driving that long-term value in the business of course our longtime listeners, this is episode 33. Our longtime listeners, always stay tuned up to the next question because we they always want to know the answer to the next question. Uh, and I ask it on every podcast. Rich, here's the bonus question. 
Okay. What personality trait has gotten you into the most trouble through the years? Uh, I would say being a risk taker. Mm. <laughs> I, I tend to be a person who's a little bit free with taking risks. And sometimes I, I tend to be, I, 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 you know how the ready, aim, fire? I tend to fire and then I do it the opposite way. And uh, sometimes I've gotten myself into trouble. So, eh, you know, yeah, I, I sometimes it, it's better to just take the action and then just deal with whatever you deal with. But um, yeah, and, and sometimes I'm a I'm a fairly high achiever too, Tom. And so sometimes I work too much, and uh, so I, I have to. I'm doing a little better with that in my life now, but uh, I, that's been a, an issue pretty you much. Know, our listeners are business owners, and so they have a little bit of that, right? That fire uh, aim ready and yeah. fire ah. ready aim. Uh, and, and that's all right, because it really takes a bit of that in order to be a business owner. You've got to be a risk taker, yep. uh, right? Now, the thing that I would encourage our listeners to not take a risk on is your exit strategy. Uh, you know, if you if you get to the point where it's time to sell right now, there is very little that you can do to improve the outcome, and, and and it's too late to call us. That's why we encourage everybody to really, really put it in the right order when it comes to thinking strategically about the business. It is ready, then aim, then fire, and the outcome is always better when it comes to an exit strategy. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So, Rich, this has been uh, great time talking with you. How can our listeners and viewers get in touch with you? Well, there's a couple ways. Uh, they can go to the uh, uh, www.thegratitudeeffect.net. Uh, that's that's a, a landing page I've created. It's got some videos on there and, and some really cool stuff about the gratitude effect. So they could go there. They can go to my my, my kind of my website, Rich Cavanis, C-A-V-A-N-E-S-S, richcavanis.com. Um, they can call me on my cell phone. I'm a pretty, uh, I try to make myself available, 214-924-5693, or you can text me. Uh, so yeah, there's some some great ways to, to get in touch with me. So I'm, I'm always, I always try to make myself available. Well, this has been great fun. Thank you, Rich, for being our guest today. I'm honored, Tom. Thank you. I am grateful for you and for our friendship. And so uh, thanks for being here. You can find Rich at Rich Cavaness, C-A-V-A-N-E-S-S dot com or at thegratitudeeffect.net. You can find him on LinkedIn. He just gave you his cell phone number. And of course, you can always reach out to us here at Maximize Business Value. And I'll be happy to make a warm introduction to my good friend, Rich. This is the Maximize Business Value podcast where we give practical advice to business owners on how to build long-term sustainable value in your business. Be sure to tune in each week and be sure to subscribe. If you're a YouTube watcher, subscribe. We've got some cool things coming uh, on YouTube. So subscribe to us, follow us wherever you found this podcast and comment because we love comments and we respond to all of them. So until next time, I'm Tom Bronson reminding you to keep an attitude of gratitude while you maximize your business value. tuning into the Maximize Business Value podcast with Tom Bronson. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition on their terms. 
Learn more on how to build long-term sustainable business value and get free value-building tools by visiting our website, www.masterypartners.com. That's master with a Y, masterypartners.com. Check it out. Perfect. I wouldn't make any changes on that.